I'd like to take a moment to let you all know about a new nonprofit organization started by my brother Craig. It's called Treats and Truth. They fill oversized brown lunch bags with snack items, chips, crackers, popcorn, cookies, etc. Also, a bottle of water, toothbrush, toothpaste, sanitary wipes, and most importantly, a small gospel tract book of John. No cigar? I'll have to talk to him about that. The bags are then hand-delivered to the homeless and people in need in and around the Los Angeles area. Let's help get this ministry off the ground. They're a 501c3 tax-exempt organization, so any and all donations are tax-deductible and greatly appreciated. Visit their website at treatsandtruth.org. Check out the show notes for the link. Also, please follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you. Welcome to episode 150 of the Burning Bush Podcast, where we share the message of the Bible while enjoying a good cigar. Hope you're doing well, and I'm glad you've joined me. Today, we're reading the New Testament book of Luke, chapter 7, with commentary from the notes in the Charles Spurgeon Study Bible, and I'm smoking the Camacho Corojo in the Gigante 6.5 by 54 Vitola. So let's go to the Camacho website and see what they have to say. Camacho Corojo Cigars. Legacy. It's in our DNA. For six decades, we've been working hard to build the best damn cigars around, perfecting and preserving our Honduran Corojo seed that is the foundation of our blends. Our reward? A complex and flavorful classic Cigars made like we live our lives. All in, no limits, no compromises. The Honduran Corojo tobacco to craft this cigar is grown and harvested in the picture-perfect Hamastran Valley in Honduras. Handsomely dark in appearance with minor veins, there is a rich, profoundly leathery character to this cigar, which also offers cedarwood and earthy notes. A bold experience for those in love with stronger cigars. And the filler is Corojo Visus, Corojo Seco, and Corojos Volado from Honduras. Binder is Corojo Seco, also Honduran. And the wrapper is Honduran Corojo. And it is a medium, almost full uh, intensity. Uh, They suggest pairing with whiskey. A cask-strength whiskey with intense and malty notes will live up to the rich, leathery character of your cigar. And the Vitolas are the Machito, 4x32, Robusto, 5x50, Toro, 6x50, The Gordo, 6x60, Toro BXP, 6x50, and the Churchill, 7 by 56. That is the Camacho Corojo.
let's get back into this week's reading in the book of Luke, chapter 7. I am reading from the English Standard Version, the ESV, and verse 1. After he had finished all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Now a centurion had a servant who was sick and at the point of death, who was highly valued by him. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent to him elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation, and he is the one who built us our synagogue. And Jesus went with them. When he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore I did not presume to come to you, but say the word, and let my servant be healed. For I too am a man set under authority, with soldiers under me, and I say to one, Go, and he goes, and to another, Come, and he comes, and to my servant, Do this, and he does it. And Spurgeon comments on verses 6 through 8, Lord, don't trouble yourself, since I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. That is why I didn't even consider myself worthy to come to you, but say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under my command. I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. The greatest light may enter into the darkest places. We may find the choicest flowers blooming where we least expected them. Here was a Gentile, a Roman soldier, clothed with absolute power, and yet a tender master, a considerate citizen, a lover of God. Let no man, therefore, be despised because of his calling. The best of pearls have been found in the darkest caves of the ocean. What if we had never heard of him? Though he loved his servant, perhaps we had never read his name, though he tenderly nursed his slave. Perhaps he had found no place in the record of inspiration, though he loved the Jewish nation and built them a synagogue. Nor had we read the story of his life, though he had become a proselyte to the Jewish faith. The one thing that gives him a place in these sacred pages is this. He believed in the Messiah. He was such a believer in the Son of God that Jesus said concerning him, I have not found so great a faith even in Israel. But the remarkable thing is that the greatest faith was coupled with the deepest humility. And back to Luke verse 9. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turning to the crowd that followed him, said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. Soon afterward, he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. 
Then he came up and touched the bier, and the bearers stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, Arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him spread through the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. The disciples of John reported all these things to him. And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to the Lord, saying, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And when the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? In that hour he healed many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits, and on many who were blind he bestowed sight. And he answered them, Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. When John's messengers had gone, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who are dressed in splendid clothing and live in luxury are in king's courts. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, none is greater than John. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. When all the people heard this, and the tax collectors too, they declared God just, having been baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the purpose of God for themselves, not having been baptized by him. To what then shall I compare the people of this generation? And what are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not weep. For John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine, and you say, He has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by all her children. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. And behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, 
for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, Say it, teacher. A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed him five hundred denarii, and the other fifty. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? And Spurgeon comments on verses 41 and 42. A creditor had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. Since they could not pay it back, he graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? It would be incorrect to say that all people are equally sinful. That they are all guilty is true, but that they are all equally guilty is not true. We will also admit that all sins are not equally damaging. There are vices, especially those that pollute the body, which manifestly lower people to the level of animals. Moreover, we are persuaded that the penalties of sin will differ, and that although all the wicked will be cast into hell, yet there will be degrees in the anguish of that lost state. Our Master has himself told us, There are great criminals whose punishment will be more intolerable than that of others, and there are others who have not sinned to the same extent, who, though justly punished with God's wrath, will not endure it to the same extent as those who have plunged more deeply into iniquity. Thus, we are prepared to admit that there are differences in sin, differences in the consequent effects on sinners, and differences in the punishment due to sin. Nevertheless, I want to put a few plain questions to those who think they are among the 50 denarii debtors and who look down with some sort of disdain on those who owe 500 denarii. First, are you sure you are the lesser sinner? Are you certain you are to be reckoned among the 50 denarii debtors? Remember that we must always always judge sin not merely by its outward appearance, but by the motives and character of the person committing it, and also by the circumstances under which the offense was perpetrated. A sin committed against light and knowledge is far worse than a sin of ignorance. It may be that some of those on whom we have looked down as owing God 500 denarii may have been without the light we have had. Perhaps most of them never had the privileges we have enjoyed. Did not our godly mothers pray over us from our birth? Did not our anxious fathers diligently instruct us in the way of salvation? One may have read the Bible and have a tolerably clear notion of what is right and what is wrong, So he has sinned in the light. He has sinned knowing it to be sin. Therefore, may our little sins, as we think them to be, not really be more heinous in the sight of God than those apparently greater sins others have committed without the same degree of light and knowledge we have had. And back to Luke verse 43. Simon answered, The one, I suppose, for whom he has canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, You have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears 
and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came, came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And that's the end of today's reading in the book of Luke. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the Charles Spurgeon Study Bible, as well as today's cigar. Also, Groundworks Ministries for daily Bible studies and devotionals. Treats and Truth Ministry, where you can get involved in helping to spread the gospel to and be a blessing to the homeless. And the Burning Bush Merchandise Store, where you can pick up some items to help spread the word about the show. If you know anyone who needs to hear this, please let them know about the podcast and help share the message of the Bible, the hope we have in Yeshua Messiah, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to contact me, you can email me at steve at theburningbushpodcast.com, which is linked in the show notes as well. So until next time, have a great day, have a great cigar, and God